For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Hello, hello. And Fred. Good evening from beautiful Abilene. And it is an exciting week. It's been a busy week in Major League Baseball, and we are excited to actually have baseball news to talk about after a long lockout and Man, it, it has been a crazy week for the Atlanta Raves, for their fans. A lot of emotions all over the place. We're in a really fun week, though, and spring training games starting up this weekend as well. So baseball is back, and I am excited for this upcoming season, excited about this Braves team, especially after how the week has unfolded. But let's start off at the top talking about the biggest move of the week, maybe the biggest move of the offseason, and that is the Atlanta Braves trading for first baseman Matt Olson on Monday. And just absolutely massive news. The Braves gave up a big package here, giving up Christian Pache, Shay Langeliers, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes. A really strong package. And I know we talked about it obviously off air when that package happened, but it almost seemed like with what Alex Antopoulos gave up and how he never gives up big prospects. He was going to have to extend Matt Olson to really kind of make sense of this trade. I mean, it, it makes sense trading for a great first baseman to fill a hole and a need that you have. But to give up that package, which I thought was a, an appropriate package, but a strong package that I never thought Alex Antopoulos would actually do, you got to try to extend Matt Olson. And he did that, and he gave him an eight-year extension. So the Braves now have their first baseman for now and the future in Matt Olson. And, uh, Alan, I mean, I don't know if this surprised you, shocked you like it did me. Um, I just honestly never thought Alex would be willing to give up the prospects in a deal like this, but I think his hand was kind of forced to do it, and I think it was a, ended up being a great move, especially when you add in the extension. That's absolutely correct. It was a shocking one-two punch, the trade and then the extension uh, less than 24 hours later. I mean, here here they're coming up to the introductory press conference for Olsen, and uh, shortly before that, it's like, oh, by the way, we signed him. Uh, so <laughs> that that uh, w- was kind of a crazy uh, sequence of events. The fact that we gave up so much, I mean, I, I saw a tweet that, Alex hadn't given up any top five prospects in his entire tenure in Atlanta and then all of a sudden gave up three in, in, in one shot it is probably the, the biggest deal about this. I had anticipated all along that there had to be some sort of contingency plan for the loss of Freddie Freeman if it came to that. The question was, what was that contingency? And I suppose we now have the answer to it. 
I, I was hoping all along that at least we would uh, have a shot at getting Olsen if the, if it came to this. Uh, Anthony Rizzo didn't really excite me. Any other first baseman uh, options that might have been out there didn't really excite me. So this this is the one that excites me. Yeah, Matt Olson, uh, as they say, cliche wise, checks all the boxes and is at least as good a defender as as Freddie, at least as good an offensive uh, threat as Freddie. And now he's uh, signed up in his prime from ages 28 to 36 uh, with an option on the end of that, in fact. So I think that the, the Braves did extremely well here. When you look at what they gave up, I think that we are going to miss some of these guys. We're going to miss Langoliers in particular because I think he had the chance to be a Brian McCann-like catcher. Uh, excellent defense, probably better than McCann, probably not quite as good a hit tool as as Brian, but uh, definitely uh, showed the power in the Southern League last year. And we might end up missing Ryan Kusick if he develops into uh, the top half of the rotation starter that he might be projected to. But other than that, I think I'm good with the package and good with what they gave up, and I don't think they're going to miss those other guys too much. So, yeah, I, it was a uh, lightning bolt strike this week. Unfortunately, one they had to do. Yeah, like I said, I, you know, it's not that the package is unwarranted by any means. It's just I never thought Alex would actually do it and give up those type of prospects just because we haven't seen him do that with the Braves yet. But you talk about the fact that you had to have a contingency plan, and we've discussed it on here before. There were really two options. Either you bring back Freddie Freeman or you go get Matt Olson. Otherwise, there's nobody out there that you're going to get at first base to fill that hole, to fill what Freddie Freeman gave you. So, I, I mean, it really was down to those two. And uh, in the end, uh, while I'm sad Freddie Freeman won't be back, I think it's a great move for the Braves now and Going forward, Matt Olson is a great player, Fred, and I can't wait to see him hitting bombs in the chop house. Yeah, Olson certainly production-wise, he's going to produce at or better than than Freeman did, particularly in the late later years of his later years his uh, contract. He's going to hit more home runs. His his on base isn't isn't Freeman esque, and 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 neither is his uh, neither is his batting average. But he's still going to pump a high OPS because his slugging is up. He's going to hit more home runs, not as many doubles. Uh, I think he'll hit more home runs at Truist Park and in the AL NL East than he did in the AL West and the Grand Canyons that are out there. And that will probably make up the difference for it. Defensively, he's a stud defensively. You're not going to see the fantastic splits that Freeman did, but um, Olson's got the, got long levers, and he gets way out there, and he makes great plays at first base. He's a great guy. He's from the area. He loves being there. Um, everything that you could possibly want from Olson, you're going to get at the plate and on the field. I don't. There's you've lost nothing there. If there's a loss, it's as I wrote yesterday. Was it yesterday I wrote that or the day before? This the loss is if you've got a loss that you have to find a way to fill. It's in the leadership role. That uh, there, Olson posts every day, just like Freeman. He played a hundred. He'll play 156, 158 games a year. He's going to come out and do his work, and he may he may just slide into that role. Cause he's not a he's not a rookie by any means. He has the experience. It's a question of how quickly the team 
accepts him in that role. And, and that's going to be the real question. Until then, um, Dansby's got to step up and take, take care, take some of that. Um, maybe Charlie Morton for the pitchers. But uh, the, the leadership vacuum is the only thing that concerns me. I said on ESPN radio a while back, there was no direct replacement for Eddie, and that's the truth, because you don't get production and leadership when you do that. You buy the production and hope the leadership comes from somewhere. I saw Ron Washington say the other day that he'd already talked to him. The first thing he did was pulled the people aside and said, look, time for you to step up, boys. Freddie's not here anymore. Time for you to do your job. And I think that he can, he'll encourage him and nudge him, and he said he can feel bad now. But on August 7th, we're playing baseball, and all that has to go behind you. So I think, you know, having Ron Washington with us is always a blessing, and I think even more so now. But, uh, yeah, Olsen's great. Um, I think he'll be wonderful there. Fans will love him. Yeah, and April 7th. We're not waiting until August 7th for no. the start of baseball season. Did I say season, August? But, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to get he was, thinking, he was thinking lockouts. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done with the lockout. That is over. <laughs> okay. But I, okay. But I wanted to get your, your thoughts, spread on the package that was given up for Olsen. What player in that package um, were you most surprised was included? And what do you think about the extension as well for Olsen? Uh, well, I I love I, I like the package. Uh, I would have preferred that we send Contreras instead of like Gellers, but – there's a feeling that catchers are very short-lived and very fragile. You you look at you know what happened to Posey. Okay, he came back from it, but you know, Joe Maurer, look what happened to him. Catchers are very fragile animals, and I think that you, he feels that you can get a defensive catcher behind the plate to catch and throw, and you can pick up the offense somewhere else. Um, so Legaliers is the one I, I worry about or miss the most. I feel so so sorry for Pache. His heart broke when he got traded. He always wanted to be the Braves. He wanted to follow in Andrew Jones' footsteps. But frankly, the rest of them don't bother me at all. I, I don't worry about that. The extension, it was a six-year extension. Uh, they bought out the last two years of arbitration, paid him some extra more. Uh, and, I, you know, it was, great. it was a great buy because he was here and he was eager and he was leaning forward. And they had the momentum of, gee whiz, I'm playing for my childhood team. Oh, by the way, we want you. Sign here. And he did. Okay. I'm not saying he went into it blind, but I think that there is a point at that point in time you have leverage uh, with a guy who comes from Atlanta, grew up wanting to be a Brave. This is his, uh, this is his dream team. And you've just traded for him. You just give away a uh, lot of uh, – future Hall of Fame, first baseman, perhaps walk, a package of great players, and you want to give him, a guarantee him six more years, eight years of, of playing in Atlanta, and I think that that is a big lever for him at this point. Uh, and so I, I think the package was good. Um, I think if they'd have given Freddie six years in any kind of cost, he'd have still been there, but uh, they weren't going to budge past five. And, uh, you know, you pay your money and you take your chances. Yeah, let's uh let's stick right there because I want to transition next, obviously, into Freddie Freeman, who is no longer with the Atlanta Braves, and that is sad. Just as a as a fan, me personally would have loved to seen Freddie Freeman finish out his career in Atlanta, have a Chipper Jones type career uh, in Atlanta, but wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. But like I said, I, I love the direction, the the pivot that Alex Antopoulos made, and I think he kind of had to. Um, and we can kind of try to read between the lines to see the situation and how it went down, Alan. But I think it really comes down to what Fred said. He, 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 his camp, whoever really wanted that sixth year 
And ultimately, that's what it came down to. The Braves weren't willing to go beyond five years. We hear that the highest offer they made was five years, 140 or 145 million. They weren't willing to give him that sixth year. And ultimately, Alex Antopoulos had to move on. And as we know now, Freddie Freeman has signed a six year deal worth 162 million to play with the Dodgers. So, We'll be seeing him a pretty good bit, not just in the regular season, but I imagine we'll see them in the postseason some as well. But, Alan, your thoughts? The Freddie Freeman saga has come to an end. He is no longer an Atlanta Brave, and he is now with the rival Los Angeles Dodgers. And apparently the word is that he's still crushed about that whole sequence and how it played out. But he can really only blame himself and his representation for trying to milk too much out of the uh, the market that really, really wasn't quite there. I'm I, I'm reminded of J.D. Martinez when he signed with the Boston Red Sox a few years ago. He told everybody he wanted two hundred million dollars. I think he only got one twenty from from the Red Sox ultimately when his market dried up. Quick fact check interlude. It was five years, hundred ten million. That that's a similar situation, not quite the same, obviously. But uh, when you had when you looked at it, everybody knew he kind of wanted to go back to Atlanta. He's he was very vocal about that, but ultimately decided to try and play a game of stare down with Alex Anthopoulos and got to the point where we had to get some other things done. There came a day, there came a time, and Alex said, okay, that's it, I'm not staring anymore. And he went and made his moves, and that, that's unfortunate for, for Braves fans. Ultimately, I think it's probably going to be better for the team, but we'll, we'll have to just see how that plays out, and we'll have to review this in another 10 years and see how that trade uh, came down and, and how things progressed. But ultimately, if it comes down to something you want, you need to take it, and Unfortunately, Freddie chose not to, and now he's off uh, in Dodger Blue. And like you say, we're going to see him again. Yeah, for me, and again, maybe I'm just being kind of naive, maybe a little Homer bias. I just feel like he wanted to be with the Braves. I feel like in his heart, he wanted to be with the Braves. And uh, Fred, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he, his agent, overplayed their hand a little bit in this offseason in these negotiations. Well, yeah, uh, perhaps. I think what the deal with this whole thing was is we've known since last year that Freddie wanted six years. We've The last six-year contract that the Braves gave out was Chippers, I think. The whole thing about this is he wanted the sixth year more than money because the sixth year for, a, for an older player, that extra year of guaranteed time on the field – is is more important than $10 million to them because it's longevity, it allows them to play longer, and the thing a major league player hates worst is hanging up his spikes and being told nobody wants you. So it allows him to uh, to walk away uh, at, from a team he wanted to be with <clears throat> at a time when he felt like he could go away from it. And, you know, I don't know that he would have been – he wasn't going to turn into Albert Pujols. Swing, his swing from the left-hand side was going to stay good. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he was going to continue to be a good player. But you know, he's 32 years old, and he was going to get he was going to slow down a little bit. And five years is probably 
a good deal for him. He probably should have taken it. It would have made a million more in money, but uh, it was always it was always the time and not the money. It was always the six years and not the, and not the extra extra money for it. I feel sorry for Freddie in one way. I remember when when Pujols the first year Pujols went to the Angels. The word from spring training was he was good because he was no longer with the Cardinals. Well, that's what happens when you live with somebody for 17 years and and all of a sudden you're not there anymore. You get homesick and you feel bad. And I'm sure that's what Freddie feels right now. But unlike Chipper, he's from California. He's used to that lifestyle out there. He can he can play there. His family's there. He's going to settle in. He's going to be fine out there. Uh just as Olson's going to settle in and be well here. The other thing I want to clear up is I keep hearing that, well, Chipper gave them, refused a bigger contract because he wanted to stay with the team, and that's not true. I wanted to make sure, so I read his book again this afternoon, and he said when he took his last contract that he wanted to be the highest paid paid player in baseball, and he was until uh, Derek Jeter came out the next year and got got his got his uh, uh, extension, next new contract. What what Chipper did do was two years after he signed, he went to Sherholtz and said, "If we need money to bring this player back, Rafael Furcal at the time, if we need money to bring him back, I will restructure my contract to give you that money." And eventually he did restructure the contract, and they brought in Edgar Renteria, and they did some other things. But and his contract went down, down, down. But he he kept his two fifteen million dollar options at the end of the end of his career in 2011, 2012. So he did give money back, but he didn't accept a low ball contract. He became the highest paid player in the league. Freddie didn't ask to become the highest paid player in the league. He just wanted the extra year. So and this isn't greed, okay? This is not about greed. It's about, I want to play this game forever. Uh, Freddie Freeman is exactly the guy you thought he was in the middle of last year. He's a home He's a home guy. He loves his family. He loves the Braves. He loves baseball. He's played it his whole life. He wants to continue to play it. He's still the same genuine nice guy he was last year. He's just wearing Dodger blue now. I hope he, wish, hope he has great luck every day except when he plays the Braves. Yeah, and no, I think that's very... Well said. Look, I, I'm sad I went to the to the Dodgers. I really wish you would have gone anywhere else. Um, but Philly. obviously, <laughs> Red Sox. Uh, yeah, somewhere, uh, anywhere. But I, I just feel like the Dodgers are going to be, you know, the Braves' biggest rival and getting to another World Series for the next several years. So could make sure for some interesting storylines in the postseason. That will be fun. But yes, I, I love Freddie Freeman. Still love Freddie Freeman. I'm happy for what he did for this franchise, for this organization. I mean, bringing an MVP back to the organization, bringing a World Series. I mean, his his legacy is supplanted in in Atlanta. But the he is now... The mentorship, the mentorship for Riley and Swanson and Acuna and Albies, the way he taught them to play the game, that's there even when he's not. He taught them yeah. that way, and they're going to continue to be that way. Right. Yes. Ron Washington talked about that a lot too, just, you know, what he, he meant for the, uh, the rest of the team. But I will say he is, he is an enemy now. I mean, in my mind, I, I mean, he's playing with the Dodgers. They are the biggest threat in the National League. So, uh, I mean, it does make me feel a little different in that way, you know, and it, 
in, if he had gone to the Angels or the even the Padres, you know, I still would have sat there and cheered for him, wanted him and his team to do good. But with the Dodgers, it just I don't know for whatever reason for me, it feels a little different. But still, it's not going to take away from what the memories, the moments, what he did uh, for the Braves. Always going to love him and you know remember him as one of the greatest Braves um, that we've ever seen come through the organization. So. Uh, again, I know there's people out there, and Twitter can be a, a nasty place, and I see people just turning on Freddie, calling it greed, whatever. Look, I would have given him six one thirty or six one sixty. Uh, you know, I was I was okay for that. I was I was saying the Braves should have given him that, so I felt he was worth that money. Again, it's a tough business decision. You had Alex Antopoulos tearing up talking about it. And it's a difficult business decision to have to move on. I think it, in the end, it was the right business decision, uh, but definitely difficult just because for what all Freddie Freeman meant to this organization, to this franchise. was not done this past week after getting past all that we could have had just a single episode on those two things but there was more work to be done again another thing i was texting with a friend after the matt olson trade getting opinions on it and we both you know we're in agreement that it all depends on what comes next do you get the extension what do you do with that money that you saved by not signing freeman and both of those things got knocked out this week because you got the extension and then you got the signings of Eddie Rosario and Colin McHugh as well. And, you know, we get the left-handed bat for the outfield that we needed, bringing back the NLCS MVP in Eddie Rosario. Uh, Alan, your thoughts on the signing, bringing back Eddie. That's pretty impressive. I, I got to admit, I didn't think that that was going to happen. And, Apparently he's may not be done either with, uh, with some rumors that are active right now. But, uh, I mean, just looking through these transactions for this week, our, uh, uh, Colin McHugh, excellent in the bullpen. Eddie Rosario gives us a bench bat option, gives us a, a thumping, um, left-handed bat off, off the bench. Uh, Tyler Thornburg is a possible, uh, pitching option. Uh, Alex Dickerson, another possible uh, bat off the bench. Clearly not just sitting around waiting on, on things. These are the other shoes that needed to drop uh, after the Olsen deal uh, was done. These are the things that were being held up while we were waiting on Freddie to make a decision. And when we see these things in total, he's rounded out the roster very well. He's addressed almost all the uh, issues that, that we had been talking about the only things that are remaining right now, I think, are a true center fielder. I'm not sure where they're going to put one. And a, another starting pitcher who could eat innings. And we, we've got several internal options now on that. We'll have to see if that any, anything comes to that. But, uh, as for Eric, Eddie Rosario, um, he, you know, was hurt last year and, and didn't, uh, play that well before then, but, uh, certainly blossomed as a brave. He uh, seems to love it here in Atlanta. 
seems like everybody's been loving it in Atlanta <laughs> and as as we're bringing back Atlanta natives as well but uh the fact that you've got a guy who can come off the bench at, at late in a game and give you a spark give you a really good at bat uh give you uh some RBI potential I like that his outfield defense if he has to play outfield very much uh, scares me <laughs> he he uh had several instances of, oh, look what I found out in the outfield, but uh, uh, we'll see if we can get some work done on that. In terms of his hitting ability, I, I think that's excellent, and I think it's great to have him back with the team for those reasons. Yeah, and had to have a left-handed bat. I mean, this, this lineup yeah. is so right-handed heavy. It was important you know, to have that. Um, so I, I love the move, obviously, of Rosario. I like to call him a Q signing as well. I, I like the, I mean, I like all the signings that Alex made this week. You know, the Dickerson move, the Thornburg move, those are non-guaranteed contracts, so very low risk there. So uh, I think, and I think you're right on, or spot on. I think, you know, I would love to get, you know, another, somebody else that can truly play center field if they happen to be left-handed, even better, and another starting pitcher to eat innings. You know, those are really, the only needs left, you know, on my wish list. But Fred, your thoughts on the the moves after the Olsen deal that Alex made this week? I I really love Colin McHugh. I I McHugh last year. Uh, Colin McHugh is some kind of some kind of superb pitcher. Uh, he told uh, Evan Gaddis uh, told Dave O'Brien the guy's freaking fantastic on the mound, uh, and that's the guy who caught him in Houston. And you know. McHugh, to me, is going to be critical to this team. Right-handed pitcher in the back innings that everything doesn't fall on loop now if something goes bad. <clears throat> You've got McHugh out there. He's going to be fine. Uh, he's going to he's, he's going to cause a lot of trouble for batters. And then they got the left-handed horses and coming in, Mentor and Matzik and, and Smith coming in. The bullpen looks a lot better if Thornburg comes back and, and pitches well in middle relief. That'll be another another feather in the cap. Uh, Eddie Rosario, I if you go back oh three or four years, I think it was yeah 2019 we did the simulated GM thing. I fought tooth and nail to trade for Eddie Rosario, uh, and never did get my hands on him. Well, I finally did uh, because I knew that he was he had lots of pop and he wasn't going to hurt you in left field. He's not he's he's certain he's certainly not Adam Duvall with a glove in left field, but he's going to he's going to hit well. He's going to hit some home runs. Okay. He's on base going to 300, 305, something like that. But, but he knows the strike zone and I, he, he's got a lot of low ground ball rate, hits a lot of line drives. And in truest part, those are going to turn into extra base hits and home runs. I'm glad to see Eddie back. I, I, <clears throat> I wish we had a, a center fielder who knew where center field actually was and didn't head for the corners every time he went to the outfield, but. Uh, and it looks like we're going to start with Duvall there until it gets late, and then they're going to shove Heredia out there and move Duvall to a corner. And I, you know, I think that's what's, what we're going to put up with unless he comes up with something else. And it, it seems to me that that rumor we heard just before he came on the air has got legs because uh, Dob is out there pu- punching it harder now. So I, I think uh, I really wish we could have gotten Jesse Winker. Or we would go be able to go up and pick pick up a left-handed center fielder somewhere, but there just aren't any. And I just I, I think this is what we got, and we'll swing with it. Maybe Waters will figure it out or something as the year goes on, and maybe somebody will trade something that we can afford halfway through the year. Uh, but um, I, I love the pickup of Rosario. 
I'm not so keen on Solar coming back, and I don't know where, where we go with him. But uh, I, I love the Rosero pickup. I love the love the uh, McHugh pickup. And I think that the uh, – what I think is that not having the whole winter to do these things made Alex Anthopoulos a better general manager because he had to make decisions and move forward, and he was willing to pay the price, and he did these things. And I know he went out and picked up those three outfielders. But, but you know, truth be told, two of those outfielders could have fallen down a well. I mean, they weren't. I mean, he didn't even know if Rosario was going to get to play last year. Um, uh, he had Almonte out there, so everything wasn't perfect. He's not the super genius of baseball, but he's really good when he has to, when he decides to make a decision. Doesn't have time to overshop the the system. And right now, he's in in the mode where he's finding a finding a deal and making the deal, and nobody knows about the player lands in Atlanta, and they go, "Where the hell did that come from?" So um, that's the kind of move uh, that uh, Schurholz used to make, and now Anthopolis is doing that as well. And with the budget, with the payroll sitting somewhere around 163 million dollars this year, you can't say the Braves haven't been spending money. So let's go. Let, you know, I, let's give him credit for what he's done, and um, I look for the rabbit to pop out of his hat and with another pitcher and a, and a center fielder real soon. Yeah, that would that would certainly put a bow on a, what's already been a. A great offseason in my mind. And yeah, the rumor floating around as we record on uh, Thursday night, uh, David O'Brien of The Athletic reporting that the Braves have interest in Jorge Soler, which just brings honestly more questions <laughs> in my mind uh, as far as what do you do with him and Ozuna? I, I don't understand having both of them on the roster. Um, maybe there's an Ozuna deal in the works down that, that Alex thinks he can do that. If he can pull that off, I think he's even more of a wizard, but um, yeah. Alan, Alan, your thoughts on you know where do the Braves go from here? Are they they done? Are these Solaire rumors you know true? You know I I was of the mindset that the Braves were were finished because we they said after the extension that they had 15 million left and then they went out and spent 15 million. So I was under the assumption they're done. It sounded like maybe that's not the case. Like Fred said, they are spending money at a record level for Atlanta. Um, so I, I can't imagine that there's much else out there to be done, at least in a major move. Well, I got to admit, I thought they were done too. In fact, I wrote up my preseason uh, predictions and offseason reactions uh, thing today and posted that. And I was like, okay, uh, wash my hands. I'm done with that and move on. Well, maybe not. <laughs> the The thing that Still, we've seen a lot of happening during spring training is uh, the acquisition of a couple more veteran pitching arms that uh, sign for maybe a million, maybe two, and have a chance to make the roster as innings eaters. And that's obviously what we need. We've got Morton. We've got uh, Ian Anderson. We've got uh, Max Fried at the top of the rotation in some order that, uh, you know, we, we expect to have the bulk of the inning from. you got to get 450 out of those guys at least and ho- hopefully some more. Uh, but the rest of them, and, and there, there's also a couple other quirks going on. The fact that we've got some makeup games that have added some double headers, so certainly the Braves are going to need some more, uh, uh, more, more arms and more innings out of, of a lot of pitchers when those happen. But, uh, you, you still can't say you're ever done, really. You're, you're always trying to improve. You're always looking around. You're always trying to look on the waiver wire or, you know, somebody who's 
not being called up to the major league roster by a certain deadline. Uh, those kinds of things are going to happen. And uh, Alex has combed that forever. I mean, he had a, uh, DFA waiver thing going in, in Toronto that was almost legendary at times. So I, I expect that's going to continue to be the case here. Might it be somebody brought back like a Julio Terran who had a showcase today? I don't know. Uh, but, uh, it'll be, uh, somebody like that probably, uh, unless something bigger is going on and we never can tell. Yeah. I mean, you never know what, what Alex is doing. And he even said himself, said, look, we don't have anything imminent, but, as long as there are players out there, we will be involved and we will be interested. So I love to hear that mentality out of my GM, Fred. You know that he's always looking to improve the team. I mean, they're coming off a World Series win. You got to think, well, we know because Liber- Liberty Media's books are, are open that, you know, they added a significant profit last year. And it's good to see, you know, the front office going out and, and spending that. But I was still of the mindset, kind of like Alan's talking about, that we see anything else, you know, it'll be a veteran starter on a minor league deal with a chance to earn a roster spot or somebody like Julio on a one or two million dollar deal. Maybe that's incentive laden or something like that. But what do you see Alex getting done the rest of the way? I mean, I know you hinted at maybe getting a left handed zitter fielder and a starter. I think maybe that's shooting too high. But what do you what do you realistically think he could potentially get done? Well, I, again, there aren't there aren't any left-handed center fielders sitting out there waiting for him to call right now. He's it's going to have to be, as Alan said, somebody who drops off a roster, somebody who is shoved down to AAA for some reason and can't. They don't have a place in his forty man. They have to DFA him, and Alex grabs him and he turns into gold like whatever he sprinkled on on Solaire and and uh, Rosario when they come over just reach that pot grab some more of that dust and sprinkle over I I designate you the next great thing and send him out there field let him play uh from the pitching point of view you're it's going to be some kind of veteran guy whether you trade for a guy uh, I my personal favorites to go get Merrill Kelly from Arizona cuz I don't think they want a 34 year old pitcher and would take a couple of rookies for him or you pick up a, a Julio or one of those guys that had a showcase out there Brett Anderson tweeted the other day, why is nobody calling me? I'm still alive. Okay. Uh, so there's pitchers out there with experience at the major league level, and those guys are going to be looking for a job, and they're probably going to take minor league deals with an invite and, or and see if they can make them make a difference. And that's probably what we're going to end up doing. He's going to give Kyle Muller and, and Kyle Wright, uh, going to give them a shot to make this. You may see a Freddie Tarnock at some point. Uh, you could see any one of those guys that's on the roster that's a starter down there get a shot at this because uh, he'd really like to filth the inside and save money for the deadline. And uh, I just think that right now everybody's rushing out there and signing people. I saw people uh, sign that I, never, I didn't even remember were still playing the game, so good for them. But uh, I don't think um, – and the Reds sold out selling everybody and Oakland selling has got pitchers up for sale, but I, I don't think we got any – any capital left to buy anything with. So it's probably exactly what Alan said, a uh, veteran pitcher, a, maybe a Michael Pineda or, or somebody like that that's kicking around that hadn't been signed unless he signed today and I missed it. But that kind of thing. And uh, maybe a, a, an outfielder, maybe Drew Waters figures it out and he gets to play center field. I don't know, but uh, I, I I don't expect he's going to sleep well until he's got everything settled down and that could be like December next year. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I don't know when when the guy sleeps. It's uh, been great watching him, you know, go through this off season and what he's been able to do to to put this roster together. Been a, a fun week, like I said. I wish somehow Major League Baseball could create a week like this in the off season or two week stretch like this in the. You want another lockout? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Let's do the lockout every year and then just <laughs> open it up a little bit sooner. But yeah, I love you know been loving this week and all the moves going down. It's been a lot of fun. But let's let's move on from that a little bit. Another bit of just news from the week. We had some injury updates on Acuna and Soroka. Didn't really get an update on Morton, at least that I saw, but we did see him throwing uh, BP, live BP, so that's certainly great. But Mike Soroka was in the house this week and got an update from him saying that he hopes to be back in late June, maybe early July. Uh, look, I'm not going to get my hopes up of anything for Mike Soroka this year. Uh, if we get anything out of him, great, uh, but I'm certainly not expecting it. But more so just for Mike Soroka, just personally, seems like a great guy. I, I want to see him get healthy, get back on, on the field. That would certainly be huge. Uh, also, we have an, a plan, at least, uh, that for the Braves with Ronald Acuna Jr., saying that he could possibly be back as a DH by the end of April. I think the the date out there was April 21st and then potentially see him back in the field by May 21st. So I take both of those as encouraging signs. I Like I said, I wasn't really expecting anything for Soroka, uh, especially not before the All-Star break. You know, if he happens to come back in late June, shoot, if he, for me, if he comes back before August, I think that is a massive win for, for him and the Braves. So I consider that good news, and getting Acuna in the lineup two weeks into the season I think is great news as well, Alan. Yeah, August is exactly where I was thinking for for Soroka. I mean, he hasn't thrown a competitive pitch off a mound in about two years now, or at least a year and a half. It'll be two years by the time uh, we're talking August coming around. So I treat him with kid gloves. Uh, he's going to take a while to – to get built back up. Uh, he's running at least now, which is very significant. The fact that, uh, he's doing so, so far is, is really good news. The trick is now he needs to get built back up. He needs to get that shoulder back in shape. He was doing some special exercises a couple of years ago to, to keep, uh, some, some problems from ha- and soreness from happening in that shoulder. So he needs to do, do all that over again, and then he needs to start pitching, and then he needs to start rehab, and then he start needs to make the tour of the minor leagues. All that's going to take time. I think it's going to be August then before we actually see him on a major league mound, maybe. So that's if everything goes right. And obviously, so far for him, unfortunately, everything hasn't been going right. Going over to Acuna, I have fears, um, I, and maybe they're unfounded because youngsters certainly uh, have the ability to bounce back from, from injuries a lot uh, better than us old guys. But uh, I am concerned about him being able to cut in the outfield. I'm concerned about him being able to do things like be on base, taking a lead, and then suddenly have to dive back into first base I'm concerned about maybe trying to beat out an infield grounder. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of injuries happen with that last step reaching to first base. Uh, and if you know, that's on that right foot, then uh, that, that could uh, impact an ACL. So we need to treat him with kid gloves as well. My 
other fear is that they were talking about maybe getting him ready by opening day for DH. Now, if that if it's two weeks later, April twenty first, that's you know obviously better. But um, I wouldn't. Uh, rush him by any stretch of the imagination at the same time once you unleash him you're going to unleash a beast he is ready to go there's no question about his power the the biggest question i've got in terms of his game is whether he's going to continue to hit for average uh given the time off the fact that uh he hadn't played since last june so that that may be slow in coming but at the same time i am not worried about his hitting i'm just worried about his legs for the future Center field might be a problem there too, uh, once we get there, but again, I'm, I'm doing all the worst case scenario things here. Yeah, let's try to keep this thing positive. So I'll send it to Fred. Your thoughts on the, uh, um, <laughs> Acuna and Soroka? Uh, well, as I wrote, and I don't know whether it's been posted yet, but I did write that they agreed to a $2.8 million of contract, uh, arbitration deal with Soroka today, even though he is injured. So they feel that the, the stroke is going to come back and going to be fine. I, I share everything that Alan said about him. I'm more worried about his shoulder than I am about the ACL because there's nothing you can do for the ACL. If it gives up, it gives up. Nothing you can do about that. The Achilles? His shoulder. Yeah, his Achilles, I'm sorry. Uh, I've got it, got Cunha's ACL in my mind. But anyway, uh, you can't, you can't do anything about his Achilles, uh, but his shoulder has been a problem his whole career. It cost him 2018. He had trouble with it at the middle of 2019. Um, he, his last pitch is on August 3rd of 2020, so he only had 25 innings, didn't have time for it to get hurt then. But I worry about shoulders. Uh, shoulders are so complicated and they can go bad for reasons nobody understands. And once they go bad, they're bad. So I'm hoping it came back. I'm hoping he's got nice and strong. He keeps his mechanics good because mechanics are what screw things up. But I want to see Mike Soroka back being Mike Soroka on the mound. Uh, and I think he's going to be fine. I expect him back end of July, 1st of August, uh, like time like that. I'm worried for the same reasons that Alan is about Ronnie. Um, I don't think you can hold that horse down. In other words, I don't think you can, he gets on first and say, okay, now take it easy, Ronnie. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. going to last, that's going to last until he blinks and he's going to see a chance. And he's going to be off like a, like a rocket trying to steal second base or trying to stretch a single into a triple. That's because that's, that's bred into him. That's who he is. That's what he does. And I just, I worry about that, that hit that pivot and hard on that foot. And going around the bases or doing a hard turn and heading for the center field wall to try and make a catch. Uh, and center field is not his best position. I'm not saying he's awful out there, so quit shooting at me, folks. It's just not his best position. Um, much like Dale, it wasn't Dale Murphy's best position either, but they played in there. You, you've got, you've got to play Ronnie in center field until you have somebody else. And, uh, so that worries me, but boy, if he comes back 85% of himself this year, uh, the league's in trouble because he's going to take it out on pitchers, and he ain't going to show no favoritism to nobody. They all going to get beat up, and go Ronnie, go because I think he can do that. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited about Ronald Cunha Jr. this year. I just I want to see him healthy. I want to see him healthy for a full season. You know, 140, 145 games. See him win that NL MVP, which I think he would have won last year. Had he been healthy all season long, uh, so I'm really excited. Want to see him back out there. Do have worries as you know, I do with all great players. Injuries are a part of it. You see what's going on with Fernando Tatis Jr. 
over there. He needs to quit riding motorcycles, apparently. But, I mean, that's just the risk of, of playing the game. But I just – I really hope he can be healthy this season. Glad we got that DH now uh, so that he can get an opportunity to do that sooner. I agree with you, Fred, that once you get him out there, you're not going to be able to contain him. Almost reminds me of you know Bryce Harper in his early years. He was just going so hard, kind of out of control, and it seemed like he was always getting banged up. And you know he had to learn to kind of know when to press the pedal and when to back off a little bit. But certainly don't want to take that energy and excitement away from him. I do worry about moving him to center field. I wish they could just stick him in right, but we just don't have a center fielder, and that he's the the best one for the position. But you know, coming off an ACL, putting him back in center. You know, I know he got injured when he was playing right, but still, you know, typically center field, you're going to put more stress on the outfielder, a lot more ground to cover. So that worries me if we don't get another true center fielder, you know, by the time they he is ready for that. But certainly glad that he's going to be back healthy. Can't wait to watch him destroy baseballs. Apparently he was denning scoreboards in batting practice the other day. So, so excited to have him back. Can't wait to see him back whenever it does happen and hopefully mid to to late April. All right. I know there's a lot to cover this week. So uh, Fred, I'm going to kick it back to you. Anything else you wanted to mention? Something I forgot. Like I said, it's been a whirlwind type of week, so I may have missed something, but any final thoughts from you? No, no, I, 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 you know, we picked up this uh, Alex Dickerson uh, and if he has any kind of any kind of good season like he had last year, he gets on base a lot, hits some line drives. He could be useful. Uh, but boy, I, I I just hope that we keep everybody healthy. I hope that the pitchers stay healthy. Uh, but I, I everything is going pretty good. I keep waiting for something to pick up here because I blinked. I saw Olson taking batting practice off of Yanoa today. I, I saw Ronnie taking batting practice. The ball sounds different off their bat, so that's a good thing. I'm just looking forward to it and um, and hoping we can pull some magic out there and and get out in front of these uh, the East and keep the Mets down so they're always fighting an uphill, uphill battle because any team with DeGrom and Scherzer on the mound is a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Got to come out fast this year. I mean, look, everybody in the division, everybody's going to be trying to, to win, to compete. Even the Nationals have made some moves that look like maybe they're going to try to win games this year. We'll, we'll see if that works out for them or not. But, yeah, I got to come out of the gate strong. Certainly hope that that, that will happen. I think Alex has put together a team to – Make that happen. Uh, again, would love a couple more moves to just add to that depth, but certainly think he has put together a roster that is ready to compete right away and be one of the best teams in baseball. But, Alan, any other thoughts from you before we get out? This lineup as constructed is just scary. Uh, every single position, uh, no matter who you swap in and swap out, has 25-plus homer potential. You've got a core now of Olsen, Acuna and Albies that are tied up for years to go, at least five more. You've got Riley, who's got three more years of team control, and then we can certainly start talking about the whether he can uh, get extended. Uh, Max Fried has two more years. This is a team that's built to compete right now and for the next two to three or four or five years. It is an outstanding set of players, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys start thumping the baseballs. As I wrote today, anybody sitting in outfield seats better pay attention to the whole game because they're going to see a lot of baseballs flying their way. <laughs> yeah, exciting time to be 
an Atlanta Braves fan coming off a World Series. You got some great young talent that's going to be here for years to come that you know is signed up for years to come to be with your team. So certainly a great time to be an Atlanta Braves fan. Can't be more excited about this 2022 season coming up. Well, that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Make sure you go to the website, tomahawktake.com, where you can read all of our news articles on all the sightings and getting ready for the 2022 season. So head on over there. You can follow us on Twitter at Tomahawk Take FS. So that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast, and we will talk to you next week. This has been the Wow, What Happened to the Roster? Part 1 edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as we've rejected Minute Media's proposals on that subject. But at least we're all now locked in and ready to roll. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden, which was modified to fit the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomahawkTick.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today, and we're already looking forward to seeing if part two is just as shocking as part one. Hint, it will be. See you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.